You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. I'm Anthony Kastrovin. Thank you for tuning in once again to our weekly Royals chat. I'm going to bring in Jeffrey Flanagan. And, Jeffrey, uh, you know, for me, the question with the Royals right now is when does a slump become more of a trend? Uh, obviously, the last couple of weeks have not gone well. But really, going back to, the, back to mid-April, the, the Royals have dropped 13 of their last 20. Um, so not a good uh, positive trend in, in that direction. But what do you make of the last few weeks of play here? Well, I think, you know, you and I talked about this in spring training, and you, you asked me to predict what kind of season the Royals would have. And I remember saying at the time that I thought it was going to be very hard for them to maintain that kind of energy uh, that they had over the last year and a half going back to 2014 and uh, just the intensity that they showed the last, you know, season and a half, I, I didn't think they could maintain that and thought they might just kind of muddle around 500 for the first couple months here and then probably, you know, get a sense of urgency in late May, early June and just kind of kick it into gear. And maybe that's what we're seeing. Uh, if you're a Royals fan, you hope that's what we're seeing and uh, that it's not anything more than that. But uh, definitely not playing their best ball right now. You see it defensively. Uh, the starting pitchers um, have been very inconsistent. Um, the offense, obviously, is very sporadic. So uh, they made base running errors. It's just not the typical Royals team we're used to seeing. No, it's not. And, you know, it almost harkens back a little bit to 2014, the way that season was, was kind of erratic, really. You kind of forget it um, because of the way it ended, and, and they go on this uh, crazy run through the playoffs to get to the World Series, of course, and then that leads to 2015, where they just run over everybody in the Central and win the division and want to win the World Series. But that, that 2014 season had a lot of ups and downs uh, within the six-month schedule, and this is definitely a, a downslope right now for the Kansas City Royals. And part of that uh, is losing Mike Moustakis to injury. Uh, he'll be out for two to three weeks with a hand injury. Uh, tell us about that, Jeffrey, just the progression there. He obviously, this is something he tried to play through and even got a big hit uh, by playing through it uh, last Tuesday, but, but obviously something that was uh, unworkable after a while. Yeah, he heard it originally in Anaheim a couple weeks ago on a tag play and um, tried to play through it. Um, and most teams, training staff, will allow the player uh, if they can manage the, the, the pain and, and, they, and they can perform adequately to, to work through it. Um, and he re-injured it uh, at uh, the following Sunday at Seattle, kind of jammed it again, uh, came back uh, to Kansas City, finally had the x-ray. It showed what he pretty much knew was there's a, a hairline fracture, kind of tip of a bone uh, in, in between his thumb and his palm. Um, it's not a fractured thumb. It's, it's kind of this useless bone, which is quite me that, that they just kind of float in there, but it can be very painful. Um, and so he, he just wasn't able to perform. Although you mentioned, you know, he did get that big hit to win the, the game against the, to tie the game against the Nationals. And if they didn't have that win right now, they'd be really in the tailspin. But um, he just got to Cleveland, could not, you know, figure he was not going to help the team anymore. So they put him on the DL, and, and really Chester Cuthbert, who got called up uh, a couple days ago, uh, is really a nice little fill-in because he can defend. Um, He's not going to hit home runs like Moose, but um, actually he did hit seven at Omaha, but it's a different story. But uh, he can really defend. We saw a couple of terrific plays by him yesterday. and um, So that there's not a massive drop-off, but certainly not defensively. Yeah, on the defense end, that's, that's huge. Obviously, there's a team that, uh, you know, for all the struggles here the last few weeks, at least the defense has largely remained consistent and uh, a strength for them. Uh, just got to get those bats going. Um, you know, 
interesting dynamic, uh, not just at third base, but, but second base. Uh, we talked quite a bit going into the spring and during spring training uh, about the, the so-called battle at second base that really didn't turn out to be much of a battle. It was Omar Infante's job. Christian Colon uh, did not overtake him there, but now we're hearing Ned Yost talk about uh, Colon getting a couple starts per week. What's going on there? Yeah, I think they've just gotten a, a little frustrated with Omar's defense. Um, and as you know, this team, uh, is, if you can't defend, you're not going to be on the field. And um, he's made uh, several, several uh, unable to make several plays up the middle to his backhand. And uh, I can think of four right off the bat. And it's just it's so unlike Omar. Um, <clears throat> he's been much better offensively than he was last year. And his legs are really good. I mean, he's beaten out a couple infield hits, including one I think that surprised Lindor the other day in the ninth inning of a, of a loss. But uh, he beat out what was really a routine ground ball to short. So he's moving well, but uh, for some reason he's just not been able to get uh, on track defensively. And so Ned has theorized that maybe if we give him a little bit more rest each week, uh, he'll be more productive, and that's exactly what they're going to try to do. Uh, you're going to see Cologne out there two or three times a week, and Christian, of course, is very, very hungry to, to get more at bats and get more playing time. So uh, we'll see that how that develops down the line. It was interesting the minute that he said that. The next time we saw Omar, he did make a really nice play off a backhand up the middle with a strong throw to first. So uh, maybe uh, maybe Ned's had his attention. Uh, how about this title, uh, Jeffrey? Ian Kennedy, stopper. He was certainly a stopper <laughs> on Saturday. He's been very good for them uh, all year. Um, not something we necessarily expected going into the season. No, just one shaky start so far. He really has been their best overall starting pitcher. And, um, you know, once again, Dayton and scouting staff strike gold there uh, so far. I mean, it's going to be a long season, obviously. But, uh, boy, they'd really be in a mess right now if they didn't have Ian Kennedy. He uh, just pitched another terrific game on Saturday when they desperately needed it. Uh, Ned and I were talking before the game that, you know, what this team really needed at that time was just to have somebody go out and throw a shutout and take some of the pressure off the offense. And sure enough, that's exactly what Kennedy did. And uh, he's been a, a terrific get for this team. Uh, he fits in well in the clubhouse. Um, his fastball command is, you know, right now better than any starter uh, on the staff and, and maybe one of the best in the league. I, I think the last stat I saw was, and also when he's getting strikeouts on that fastball, something like 30 out of his 36 strikeouts is on the fastball. So you're talking about a guy who throws 90, 91, 92. So it's not an overpowering pitch, but he, he just is able to back hitters off and lock them up on that fastball. And uh, just been a terrific addition, which you know I'm sure confuses a lot of the uh, so-called experts out there <clears throat> who, uh, who question that uh <laughs> Yeah, so-called uh, names or anything. No, no, you can name my name. So-called uh, certainly fits there. Um, Lorenzo Cain, uh, LCD's Esquire, those guys have shown some signs of life at the plate in the last week. That's what a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, especially if they can get Lorenzo going that offense and, and Esky, you know, get the offense going at the top. Um, you might get some more production off all the way through. And uh, yesterday we saw Lorenzo get his first double of the season uh, on May 8th, if you can believe that. Um, now, to be fair, the, the game-winning hit he had earlier in the week against the Nationals would have been a double or a triple, but because it was a game walk-off game, it was just a single. But still, he's not, you know, had much good luck, too. He's hit, I think I saw a stat where he had, he's hit 14 balls with an exit velocity of, of over 100 miles an hour, and only four of those have been hit. So um, he's had some bad luck, but he's swinging the bat much better in the last, I would say, five or six days. His average is starting to creep up a little bit. Um, 
and hit the ball very well yesterday in a loss. But uh, they really need to get him going and, and get Eske going and get some get some runs early uh, in these games. Jeffrey, what's the state of your Twitter mentions? <laughs> Which is what? <laughs> I can't imagine it's a very positive uh, place to be uh, for the Royals fan base. Right? You know, it, it, it's uh, a lot of it's positive. Been pretty, yeah, it's been pretty bad the last week, and then when they won, they got a big. They got they jumped to an early lead on Saturday. Uh, Kendrick Morales had a big three-run homer, and it was amazingly calm throughout the whole game. So. Uh, I guess we know how to calm them down if the Royals just start hitting and get a lead once in a while. But yeah. uh, they were back up, uh, you know, with their fangs uh, <laughs> yesterday. That's <laughs> another loss. So, uh, especially when there was a couple of possible questionable decisions by Ned. Um, yeah. Bullpen-wise, so, um, which actually can be explained. He, he left Volkas in the face, Chisholm Hall. But of course, as you know, Chisinau would not have hit if he had brought in the left-hander Duffy. It would have been, you know, Rajay Davis or something like that. So sometimes fans don't quite understand that the other manager has options too. But uh, it didn't work out, whatever it was. And, and uh, of course, the first guy to get blamed is always the manager. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that uh, with Ned Yost over the years. I'd say he's redeemed himself pretty well. And the Royals trying to redeem themselves uh, after this slow start. So we'll see how the rest of the month progresses. But hard not to notice, they got seven games against the White Sox this month. So obviously it would be a good time to turn things around. We'll continue to check in with Jeffrey Flanagan each week. want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.